Welcome to Relationship Psych, the podcast, helping you understand how love turns to anger and even hate. Through the episodes, you will learn how to transform doomed relationships into exciting, intimate, and long-lasting partnerships. I'm your host, Amber Dawson. I'm a psychologist, author, and speaker. A few of my favorite things are my husband, Grapes, and my adorable little dog, Riggs. Now let's learn how to create a soul-crushing love that lasts. Hit subscribe in your podcast app so that simply by listening, you can learn to create a strong relationship. Relationships Psych, the podcast, is not meant to diagnose, treat, prevent, or cure any mental health or relational issue. For treatment, talk to a mental health or relationship professional in your area. The secret to great sex in long-term relationships. Wanting to have great sex, even after you've been together for a long time, is normal. It's also normal to not want to have sex after you've been together for a long time. In the previous episode, Your Brain on Love, episode 20 on Relationships Like the Podcast, we talk about the differences in your chemo signals that increase in early relationships. And it's those very signals in the brain that usually enhance sexual desire and motivation early in the relationship. As time wears on, the desire and thrill for sex waxes and wanes. Let's dive in and understand what leads to great sex in a long-term relationship. Because the secret, it's likely simpler than you think. Couples who talk, yes, talk about sex more openly, have more sex. Yes, it's talking about sex that leads to more sex. It's not toys or new gimmicks on the market, although maybe they could be helpful, depending on your relationship, it's talking. Talking about sex in a positive, and I explanation mark, underline, bold, italicize the word positive, because it's super important to talk about sex in a positive and open way. What not to do when talking about sex is to criticize or be harsh. This is a mega roadblock to great sex, even when you're talking about it. How you talk about sex with your partner will have a huge impact on sex. For example, if you complain, I hate when you touch me like that, or don't put it there, or don't. Yes, you are communicating in a way that, whether you mean to or not, could be hurting your partner's feelings and making them feel unsure about themselves and their performance. For some sweeping over generalizations, for men, performance and sex is usually a pretty big deal. For many men, being seen by their partner as good and bad is important. And if they think they're not going to please you, well, they might be a little afraid to do it. Masters and Johnson did some research on sex, and they divided the sexual response into four phases, rightly or wrongly. Now, this is how a lot of us think about sex today. The four stages are desire, which is our libido, arousal, which is excitement, orgasm, and resolution. They found the four phases happen linear, one after another. For many people, sure, I guess that's how it works. However, this puts a lot of pressure on how sex should be. 
What if you don't feel desire? What if you don't feel aroused? Or what if you don't orgasm? Then how are you supposed to reach resolution? So what is desire? This is the phase of wanting your partner. It can last minutes to hours. In this phase, your heart might skip a beat. Hence, this saying, my heart was racing or my heart skipped a beat. Normal reactions for desire for someone. The blood flow increases in your genital regions. The vagina vagina might start to lubricate or a man might get an erection. The problem with this in a long-term relationship or even shorter-term relationships is desire is different for different people and how often you feel desire changes person to person. In David Snarch's book, Intimacy and Desire, he outlines that there will always be a higher desire partner and a lower desire partner. This means that couples need to learn to negotiate their differences in desire. So what does difference in desire have to do with how we talk to our partners about sex? Well, how do you talk about initiating? How do you talk about refusing when you're unsure of your partner's desire? And initiation is hard work. So talking about initiation is a stumbling block for a lot of couples, and many couples just avoid it altogether. Here are a few questions you can ask your partner. If you're feeling, for example, you could say, If I feel desire and I'm interested in having sex, how can I ask you in a way that feels good for you? Or maybe if you have desire for sex and I don't want to say no with hurting your feelings, so how can I let you down in a gentle way? Or if I feel desire and you don't, are you still willing to sexually satisfy me? And if so, how can I ask for that? Or if I currently don't feel desire, but hey, maybe I could be convinced, how should I tell you? Remember, it's couples talking about sex that are open to these conversations and opening to making it mutually better for each other end up having more sex. So think about questions with your partner to gather more information about just how do you do that with each other. Now that you have some ideas about how to talk about desire, let's talk about the arousal stage. Now this is where we turn up the heat from mild to spicy. All the physical changes in the desire stage intensify right until that last minute before climax. Not only is sexual tension mounting, the muscles are tight all over the body and people might even have muscle spasms in their face or maybe their toes. Sure, in the movies, arousal is all in perfect harmony. The music, the lights, the scene is just right and the couple gets to the brink together. If you've ever had sex, you likely have learned um, it doesn't happen like that all the time. And it might sometimes. But if it doesn't, it doesn't mean you're incompatible as lovers. It just means you're not the same as the TV show. This means having some conversations about likes, dislikes, and understanding what is arousing to you both. The key to sex with another person is connection. So it's important when approaching climax to understand what works, what connects you, what disconnects you. Sex with another person is clearly to connect, even if the other doesn't want, does not want to admit it. Because if it wasn't about connection, I mean, people would just masturbate or engage in other forms of impersonal sex like watching porn. Instead, if your partner has chosen to have sex with you, they're choosing personal sex, personal connection. A pretty deep way to connect is to share your likes and dislikes, but be sure to stress what you like And if you're sharing what you don't like, be very, very delicate. For example, rather than saying, don't do that, try, I like this. 
don't do that is deconstructive. And I like this is constructive. Remember, sex is enhanced by positive communication. Think of the following to kind of help you understand how you could talk to your partner about arousal. Let's get some mental pictures in our mind. It's about yourself. So you could think, the touch my partner gives me that makes me the most aroused is? Or the position I like best is? The rhythm that my body likes is? If I'm having a hard time getting to the brink of orgasm, what positions, stimulation, words, or touches help me get there? The answer to these questions are things, if you're feeling brave and dedicated to being positive, you could share with your partner. If we just look at the desire stage and the arousal stage, it's easy to see how the more you talk about initiation, refusal, and what makes you feel aroused or excited, the better your sex life will be. Initiation is so scary, especially if you think you're going to be rejected. We're going to skip over the orgasm stage today. It's orgasm. Well, which is orgasm. We could go into it, but we're not going to. And briefly, let's touch on resolution. Resolution is the body returning to normal. Some people after sex feel fatigued, while others feel energized. And after most orgasms, there's a refractory period where people can't climax a second time until it's over. Because many people don't fall so nicely into that straight linear line of of having desire, then arousal, then orgasm, then figuring out how do you go into resolution. It's important that couples learn to talk about sex. Like if you don't have a climax, what does that mean? Or what should I do if you don't climax? What could I do that would still feel nice for you? If you aren't excited, how could I get you ready for intercourse? Or if you can't maintain an erection, or if your vagina is tight or dry, what could you do that might feel nice? Couples can be creative about what sex means to them, and it doesn't need to follow those linear four stages. It could mean cuddling, naked, even if you want, oral sex, making out, holding each other while the other person masturbates. It could mean back massages or showers. The less couples rigidly adhere to what sex uh, should be and create a sex life that works for them, they will have better sex. The secret to great sex in a long-term relationship is the positive communication about sex. It's being curious and genuinely interested in your partner and sharing some details about yourself. It's trial and error and not expecting perfection. In episode 11, we discuss the four-point roadmap to increase sexual satisfaction in your relationship. Be sure to check it out if you want more on increasing sexual satisfaction in your relationship. We are all just people. With our long-term partners, we wear so many hats. Mothers, fathers, roommates, maids, laundromats, bosses, employees, friends, and lovers. Sometimes it's hard to juggle all the hats we wear. It's important to stay connected as our partners change and continue to get to know their sexual likes and dislikes and how they change over your life together. Thank you for tuning in to Relationship Psych, the podcast put on by Ember Relationship Psychology. If you're looking for more free relationship help or advice that comes straight from the couple's therapy room, check out the free resources and the blog at www.emberrelationshippsychology.com.